Welcome to the Roadman Cycling Podcast. My name is Anthony Walsh. Six days a week, we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you on your journey towards health, happiness, and longevity. Now let's get into the show. Well, hello, all you beautiful cyclists. It's Sarah, and I managed to peel myself off the couch today and come into the studio to record. Um, as you know, I've been a little bit ill over the last few weeks, but to be honest, I'm getting a little bit of cabin fever. Actually, I'm getting it pretty bad. I'm getting it, think Jack Nicholson in the movie, The Shining, <laughs> that kind of cabin fever. And for those of you not familiar with the movie, this movie is about this writer. He's a recovering alcoholic who accepts a position as this off-season kind of caretaker in this very isolated hotel with his wife and young son. And the isolation slowly drives him insane and it all just you know goes a little bit chaotic in the end if you have not seen that movie stick it on your watch list for over the holidays but maybe wait until the kiddos are gone to bed it's it's not for the young ones but yeah that's the effect that staring at four walls has had on my brain over the last couple of weeks and i've really missed training or even being able to bring the dogs out for walks or meet a friend for a coffee even you know anthony would always tell me i'm and much nicer person when I'm exercising. And I, I totally agree with him. I'm less anxious. I'm less agitated. I'm more content. I'm more confident. And I feel the same about Anthony. He, he becomes a little bit of a monster when he's not exercising regularly. So we both know that it, it's good for us. We both understand that it has this positive effect on our mood. Now, I consider myself an outdoor person. And as I said, right now, I'm really craving getting back out there and getting back on my gravel bike and going on a couple of adventures. And it's really interesting to think about the effects that exercise and being outdoors can have on the brain. Like I have this urge to go outside, even though I know I'm not well enough to do so. It's kind of like this addiction in some ways. There's been so many studies into the impact of exercise on the brain and research on the brain is surging. It's always been a very popular field, but the United States and the European Union have launched new programs to better understand the brain in recent years. And scientists are mapping parts of mouse brains, fly brains, and human brains at different levels of magnification at the moment. And What's, what's good is that te the technology for recording brain activity has been improving at a revolutionary pace at this stage. And the National Institutes of Health already spends 4.5 billion a year on brain research. And we're having that concerted effort globally on developing an understanding of the brain. And of course, exercise is a key area of research. Now, we've all heard the term runner's high. And of course, as cyclists, we experience this too. It's that euphoric sense you get after a spin where you just feel on top of the world. And sometimes this cyclist high actually hits as you're training or you're in the middle of a race and you just have that feeling of being absolutely unstoppable. You're not feeling any discomfort and you can just go. And that good mood, you know, during or after a ride, it's not just anecdotal because over the years, all the scientific research has found out that along with the physical benefits, like promoting health, longevity, if you're exercising, you're probably going to be more likely to be eating healthy. You'll get better sleep. Your immune system will be boosted. But exercise actually does help to boost your emotions. So 
what does exercise do to the brain? Researchers have been looking into the link between exercise and cognition for a long time. And this has been a very popular research field for decades. But one undeniable truth has emerged from the studies, and that is that exercise boosts your mood because it fundamentally changes your brain, both in the moment that you're exercising and over time. One of the world's research leaders in this area is a guy called Professor Art Kramer. And he says that what everyone agrees on at this point in the science world is that exercise has the ability to change your mood because it has a dramatic impact on your brain. So I guess you and I experience this every day when we're training. We, we kind of know this. Exercise has been proven to change the chemistry in your brain because when you exercise, your heart rate increases and your body pumps more oxygen to your brain. And that process actually affects your overall positivity. Multiple studies have found out that a well-oxygenated brain helps to manage anxiety and depression. And there's been other studies that have found that exercise may actually help alleviate depression and anxiety overall, which is incredible. We've also seen in research that after 20 or 30 minutes of aerobic exercise, your body releases endorphins that interact with receptors in your brain and they actually reduce your, your perception of pain. <laughs> so that actually means you're more likely to feel positive and upbeat during a workout. I mean, do you feel this? I do. It's true for me. I think if you were to see me out training, I probably, it probably doesn't look like I'm having much fun, but I definitely am upbeat and inside I'm feeling amazing. I know that I'll be out in the bike and Anthony be like, are you having fun? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I really am having fun. I'm loving it. I'm having the best day ever. Exercise also releases mood enhancing chemicals like serotonin and dopamine. And if you caught my podcast from last week, I was talking about how dopamine is this secret sauce for keeping us motivated. So serotonin and dopamine stick around in your brain after a couple of hours after you finished exercising. So you feel great afterwards. And Professor Kramer, who I mentioned, he's the, the, you know, this big daddy in the field. He went on to say that on a bigger level, while exercise does have these kind of short-lived mental health benefits, it also changes the structure and function of your brain over time. And that the general consensus is that a multitude of beneficial and chronic changes for a healthier brain and mind can happen if you exercise for one hour a day, three days a week. That's just, excuse the pun, mind blowing. So <laughs> it's now widely agreed upon that exercise generates new neurons in the hippocampus. And that's the region of the brain that's associated with memory, with learning and with your emotions. And because the hippocampus manages your emotions, if we optimize it, it can make you more likely to feel emotionally stable in the long term. So there's hundreds of papers on this topic that date back decades and decades. And it's, you know, it's difficult to sum up all of the tiny details on it, but the big point and the overarching point is that exercise impacts your brain both in the moment and structurally over time. It's crazy, isn't it? Now, we also know that exercise is nature's painkiller. And as I said a few moments ago, when you put your body to the test, your hypothalamus and pituitary gland, they produce neurochemicals called endorphins, which I talk about all of the time. And these are nature's painkillers. Endorphins bring about feelings of euphoria as well 
they're part of this reward circuit of your brain. And this reward circuit is usually triggered by food like chocolate, coffee, or, you know, alcohol, wine, or sex, other, you know, that and other pleasurable activities. But we now know that we can trigger these reward circuits with exercise too. So when you get your blood flowing and your body moving, these endorphins also combat stress. And when you're exercising, neurotransmitters like serotonin and norepinephrine help to teach your body how to better respond to stressors. So you are training your body to become more resilient to stress. And studies even show that low levels of these neurotransmitters, serotonin and neuroephrine, well, that's linked to depression and anxiety if you have very low levels of these two substances. So higher levels of these chemicals during exercise naturally makes you feel really good. Now, do you think that exercise can be addictive? I think it can be in the best way possible. And this is for the majority of people. Runners high or cyclists high, as you and I feel, it's a psychological condition where we kind of feel invincible and we've got very little discomfort. And these highs have been proven to feeling as good as being on a drug high. That's how high we can get from exercise. And we get this blast of endorphins. Now, this can occasionally lead to exercise addiction. Exercise addiction is an unhealthy obsession with physical fitness and exercise. And exercise addicts display traits similar to those of other addicts. So that would be, you know, obsessing over exercise, obsessing over the behavior. And this, to be honest, is very rare. And most often this big whack of endorphins that we're getting helps people just simply fall in love with their daily workout. And more importantly, stick with it consistently. So while you're training, you're also practicing self-control and building brain power. And this is incredible. This research shows that cardio helps you boost your learning ability and it helps practice self-control. So one study moving for as little as 15 minutes helped people better manage cigarette cravings and withdrawal symptoms that they were experiencing because exercise releases a neurotransmitter, another one called GABA, that helps control impulses and it actually quiets down anxious brain activity. Physical exercise also increases levels of BDNF, which is brain-derived neurotropic factor. And we, I'm sure you've heard Anthony talk, talk about neurotropes before. These can help to build healthier nerve cells. And this then leads to an enriched memory and a heightened capacity to take on new concepts, which is so cool. So what are the best kinds of exercise for your brain? I think it's probably safe to say that all physical activity is beneficial. Aerobic activity like cycling, like running, like swimming seems to be the best for your brain, but we really only know this because there's simply more studies done on aerobic activity at this point in time. But we do have some research that shows that yoga and Tai Chi has similarly positive effects on the brain as well as aerobic exercise, but we just don't have as many studies done on them. So my advice, I guess, is do the exercise that you like the most because you're actually going to do it in the first place and doing something like whatever it is, it's, we know it's pretty much always better than doing nothing. That coupled with all your other healthy practices, like getting enough sleep, eating well, setting aside time for friends and family and having fulfilling relationships. These are all going to help guarantee that 
both your body and your brain are in great shape for years to come. So that's all for me today, you beautiful, healthy, big brain cyclists. (laughs) I'm going to speak to you all again next week. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. Have you ever wondered how good you could actually be? Each of us has a unique set of circumstances with work, family and social obligations, but we also want to fulfill our potential in cycling. Okay, okay, maybe you won't ever win the Tour de France, but for most of us, this is what cycling is about. So let us build you the perfect training plan around your lifestyle that's totally unique to you and will help you finally realize your cycling dreams. So whether you're just getting started on the bike or if you're a more seasoned cyclist, we have a suitable coach for you. So why not schedule a call with us and we can have a chat about how we can help you go further than you ever dreamed of in your cycling and fitness goals. Go to roadmancycling.com forward slash contact or pop me an email directly to sarah at roadmancycling.com.